Hi, I'm Amber and welcome to the Lone Star Keto Podcast. Today we have a very special guest with us, Christine Obsepian, and she is a hypnotherapist and a life coach. And we're going to be talking about how we can do some things to help relieve the stress that probably most of us are feeling about right now. So welcome, Christine. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Okay, let's start out with a little bit of your background. Tell me how you got to where you are now. Why do you do what you do? (laughs) Well, it didn't come until I hit rock bottom myself uh, about 12 years ago. And for about 10 years, I dabbled in accounting. And um, I mean, uh, if I tell you I changed over five jobs in 10 years, believe it. because I did. And it was just, it just felt every, every year, it just felt like my soul was just dying inside because I I did not feel at all connected to that world, but it was what was a safe paycheck, right? Which many of us have done or are doing still uh, feeling that that is our safety security, but it, it just was not enough until about 12 years ago, it got so bad um, emotionally that it became physical in my body. It was so bad that every week I was at my doctor's office. And one time, one day my doctor said, emotionally, you're going to destroy yourself. And if you don't stop, you won't survive more than two years because my file was just getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And back in the day that were not electronics. So it was a physical file and he showed it to me. And he said, if I didn't check your age, I would think this is a file of like some 80 year old person. And so I, kind of got scared at that moment. And but at the same time, it's like, what else do I do? I don't know anything else. And I remember the last year before my shift happened, I just used to drop off my children at daycare and cry myself to work. And while I was crying and driving, at the same time, I was just praying to, you know, for God to save me. And I was just praying to be happier, to be more content, to help others. Um, Since I was a child, I've always had the thing of helping others, wanting to help others, because it just brought me joy to see others happy. And it's kind of like when you heal others, you heal yourself idea. And I was just constantly repeating that mantra. And I didn't even realize that it was a mantra. And I just kept every day like crying and saying, I want to help others. I want to be of service to others. I want to be happy what I'm doing. I want to be comfortable. I want to be in charge of my own schedule and not someone else telling me when I can take a break, when I can take a vacation. It just was not working for me. And then um, comes 2008 and to, to beginning of 2009, everything just kind of crumbled and in the crumbling was the building in in fact uh for me um i was still at studying uh, for the cpa exam trying to force the accounting but one night i just had a dream i looked at myself and i just said i remember who i am and i was wearing a white coat but i knew i was not a doctor and i had a golden badge which a year later when i graduated from hypnotherapy school they gave me a gold badge with my name on it So it was like a prediction of what was to come. And I woke up in the morning and coming from the culture I come from, we don't really believe in therapy. We don't go to therapies, let alone hypnotherapy. And I just typed in, in the search engine hypnotherapy. And I looked at the word and I said, what is that? I never knew anybody that did that or any of it, but I was in such a desperate place. I was like, this must be guidance that I've asked for. I got to follow it. And so of course, the first thing I did was go and get hypnotherapy myself because I was like, whatever this is, I need to see that it works, right? It's kind of like when you see it, you believe it. (laughs) And so I went to sessions and it just like, it so quickly just transformed all the feelings of being lost to suddenly me knowing what I'm supposed to do. By June of 2009, I was already enrolled in hypnotherapy school and enrolled in my master's in psychology. And it just went from there. Has it been easy? I can't claim it has been. But the fact that I stuck with it the first, especially two, three years, four years is the most difficult part. Because um, even when I was graduating from hypnotherapy school and um, our, uh, one of our teachers said, you know, there's, there might be 20, 200 people in the room, but not all 200 will 
end up following through with this. There's a handful that stays. And I am grateful to say that I was one of those that's the handful that, because I feel like once I left accounting, I was like, I'm not going back there again. So I didn't have a choice because a lot of people, they fall back into, you know, their jobs and their careers and their comfort and their paycheck. But for me, that wasn't an option anymore. So I had to make this work. And I'm grateful that I did every day because in doing that is where I am today. And I'm grateful to be of service to all the beautiful souls that come my way daily. I love that story. That, that is you. that is so powerful. And I'm glad you're doing what you're doing. Thank and it, you. you're happy and you're doing what yes. you were meant to do. And that's kind of where I feel like I'm at at this point. I feel like I'm going into what I was meant to do and why I, I had to go through all of what I did for so long to get there. So yeah, I totally understand that. Okay. So let's dive into it. Yes. Make sure we don't run out of time, but (laughs) um, right now is a especially crazy time for so many people. And, And those people who maybe have never really felt stress before are feeling stress. What are you noticing as far as your clients? What, what have you seen in, in the past, I don't know, year and a half or so, have you seen an uptick in people coming to you asking for help to, you know, relieve stress, to deal with emotions, et cetera? Absolutely. It's not even just that locally or nationwide, it's around the world because I have clients and I see clients virtually from all parts of the world. And it's the same for everybody. The first things I hear is anxiety, which anxiety is really the fear of the future and the unknown, because for the past year and a half, we've all been living with the unknown. And of course, the unknown scares our conscious self, which is like the ego self. And it just makes it difficult to move through the day to day because you're like, okay, well, what's next? Well, what's going to change next? And then there's so much fear also with the anxiety comes the fear of not knowing again, are we safe? Are we not safe? So I see a lot of that now. And the unfortunate part is I see it more in, in younger people as well, especially teenagers and even young children, because this has affected not only adults, but everyone across the board. And it's, it's just, it's sad because now also with even today, this week, a lot of schools are starting in the Los Angeles area and children are not teenagers, young kids, adults, they're not used to that anymore it's like for a year and a half they've been at home and learning from home and suddenly they have to go to school and be around thousands of other children not even just the physically being there but also am I safe being around all these people am I going to catch something am I so there's the level of anxiety for parents as well because now they're like is my kid going to be okay from today to tomorrow are they going to catch something are they going to be victim to this thing. It's, it's just, it's, it's just spiraling. And so, yeah, the stress and anxiety and the fear levels are at like to the highest point I've ever seen in the 12 years that I've been doing this. Yeah. That is so sad. And and I've talked yeah. to multiple like mental health professionals and that they're saying the exact same thing. Yeah. And that's what they're seeing. And yeah. that's heartbreaking to me, but I feel some of that too. So I can, only imagine other people in certain situations, um, you know, how, how much that affects people. So let's get a little bit into hypnotherapy. Number one, what is that? Discuss what it is and, and what you do. Yeah. So hypnotherapy is basically how it's different from traditional therapy, which is what I want to really talk about because a lot of people don't understand the difference is that in traditional therapy, we, we just do talk therapy just on the conscious level, the 12%. With hypnotherapy, you talk about those things, but then the second part is the most important part that you go deep into your subconscious because our subconscious is actually the driving force of our conscious mind. It's The little boy, the little girl inside is running most of the show and whatever programming we have on our subconscious level is what's really 
pouring the information into the conscious and the conscious functions based on that. So it takes us 21 to 30 days to make permanent mm. shifts and ch changes, positive or negative. So we've had now at least a year and a half of stress, anxiety, fear, all that reinforced on our minds constantly. So our hard drive, basically, which is our subconscious, is filled with all this old software programming, if we were to say. And now, when my clients come my way, it's about really going into the subconscious and clearing all of that up and in its place, planting seeds of peace and calmness and relaxation and really empowering my clients to take their power back and to realize that we, no matter what happens around us, and I've had clients from my past to the present that have been victims of war, like bombs being thrown in their countries when they were young, and them some many go into the fear and some children can close their eyes and go into their happy place so no matter what is happening around us we have the power to go within and be in a in the world of peace in a world of love in a world and hypnotherapy helps us do that meditation helps us do that and so that's basically what i do with my clients and i like to say it in a in a very spiritual way and i hope people would understand that when we are awake we're actually asleep and when we're asleep we're actually awake so what hypnotherapy allows us to do is once we close our eyes and we take that ego judgment away of what we are seeing is our reality we go within and once you go within you're actually waking up awakening to truth awakening to peace awakening to your authentic self instead of the ego self that is running the show quote unquote at this point in the world and oh this is our reality this is not our reality things change all the time our world has been through pandemics and wars many 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 times before but we're still here we still kind of survive we still have transition and so this is yet another kind of transitional state but the important thing is for us to stay calm during the time for important thing is for us to stay centered and balanced and not lose our minds. Cause if we lose our minds, our body just follows and it becomes physical. Yeah. Yes. And, and that's something I wanted to touch on too, because yeah. when you are emotionally distraught and you have all this going on, it does affect your yeah. physical self, your health, your yeah. physical health. And like sometimes uh, traumas from the, not sometimes, <laughs> pretty much all the times trauma from your past will mm -hmm. surface at some point and kick your butt. So, you know, talk a little bit about that, how that actually yeah. uh, affects you, whether, you know, it's a past trauma or, yeah. you know, you're in a situation and all of a sudden there's all this stress and you just ah, let it get to you. Mm -hmm. Talk about how that really does yes. affect your physical self. Yeah. So trauma basically is something that startles us. It could be anything. Sometimes it's as small as when you're a child, the parent says something to you and it affects you in a deep way to the harshest thing that I don't even want to talk about. People can use their imagination. But trauma is basically when you're highly suggestible or anytime, let's say a person goes to the doctor, right? They just had their blood test done and they're going to do their physical and there's not a person that goes in there and goes, yeah, I'm, this is great. Everybody goes in there. Oh my God, what is the doctor going to tell me? So that is this very highly suggestible state and time where we are. And this happens to us twice in the day as well, early in the morning, as we awaken the first half an hour and right before we fall asleep before like half an hour before we really go to sleep. It's a very, it's the highest suggestible time where I, it's kind of like the gates to your subconscious is, are open and whatever information is put in during that time becomes a seed that is planted. It's planted into the soil, right? And then it starts brewing in there. And anytime and every time, let's say, um, a little girl was startled by a dog when she was two years old. Next thing you know, as they grow older, it's fine. It's fine. When we're teenagers, when we're in our 20s, we're really like, oh, life is great. I'm immortal. Nobody can hurt me. And then we hit 35 years old, 40 years old. Bam, a dog barks in the neighbor's yard and you just <gasps> get zapped. 
And then from there on, you're terrified of dogs. It can come up at any moment and any time. That's why a lot of times my clients are like, but I was fine. I'm like, it doesn't matter. The seed was there and something triggered it. And once it gets triggered, it just becomes like this, this electricity that constantly zaps you until you work on it, until you cut the cords to it, until you do the subconscious work with it, and then you are free from it. So it's, it's, there's always a first event. I always tell my clients when they say, I don't remember, I don't know. I'm like, it's not about forcing to remember, but it's about really just navigating through it. I've had clients that found memories from their five-year-old selves that caused something that took their peace away to be able to sleep even at night. Cause at night, you know, we need to feel safe and secure to really for the ego to go to sleep, right? So that's, it's, there's just so many aspects of that, but trauma happens when we're highly suggestible. Our channels are open, information comes in, it becomes a known, and then anything that could trigger it, it doesn't even have to be the same thing because it usually is not the same thing, but anything that startles us, like loud noises, why is it that when, you know, veterans, when they come out at a war, any blowing up or anything for them it's like it's traumatic and they could drop to the ground and they can curl up and because to them it sounds like a bomb being blown up or a gun being you know shot so anything can trigger it it doesn't have to be the exact same thing sounds because even when we're babies i mean think about it we're afraid of two things falling and loud noises so that those two fears are already were born with. And then throughout life, more fears are added. And so we get trapped in it. And the beauty of hypnotherapy is that we are able to go in there and undo, unplug, cut those cords, remove that zapping that constantly happens because it affects our nervous system. It affects our entire life. And then we function every day in stress and anxiety. And we think that's normal. That's not normal. That's just our nervous system constantly being kind of irritated. And that's when it becomes physical when we don't take care of it. And in these day and times, <laughs> you that aggravation, just constant, yeah. constant, constant. Yeah. And so you have yeah. all these other stressors going on, on top of whatever issue may have happened or yeah. whatever in the past yeah. that you have never dealt with. And I yeah. find that a lot with my clients, like we'll be yeah. talking and then I'm like, I, I feel, I just know, I just know, I feel that there is, it's not mm-hmm. just the mm-hmm. diet. It, it's not even yeah. about that anymore. Yeah. It's about yeah. something else. And then exactly. I'll, I'll just kind of casually bring it up and yes. all of a sudden, you know, emotions release. And I'm like, yes. okay. Exactly. Yes. All right. Yes. But yes. I can relate to that. I get that. I understand yeah. that. Yeah. Okay. You mentioned that you were most susceptible in the mornings and before you go to bed. Mm-hmm. explain a little bit more about that. And the reason why I'm bringing it up is because like when you wake up in the morning and you have this crappy start to your day, for instance, today I woke up to, you know, I, I had a busy day. And so I was like trying to get all my ducks in a row. I only had a certain amount of time before my granddaughter came over where I keep her during the day. And then my dog has a stomach issue. Okay. Our older dog who's having issues holding her all over the living room like and I don't have time already well that really just like are you kidding me Mm -hmm. so that kind of sets you up for a bad day if you don't nip it in the bud right away talk a little bit about that like what can somebody do they wake up the morning they have an issue like I did and Mm -hmm. you got so much going on in your day you don't have time to deal with this stuff and then also the right before bed like what can you do what are some things to counteract this yes of course there are many things we can do one of the easiest is i always tell my clients positive affirmations because when you're highly suggestible meaning when the moment our eyes open and the ego brain wakes up what is the first thing that it starts it goes searching for things that can go wrong that things that you need to take care of it's always drama 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 right So one of the easiest way that I really start my day, the moment I open my eyes, I tame my ego with love. It's so important because we cannot punch it. If we punch it, it's going to come back with a vengeance. I always say we need to tame the ego with love. And how do you tame it? I just simply just place my hand over my heart and I 
just say, I choose love, I choose gratitude. And I repeat that mantra. And I fall back asleep and I wake up again. And then I choose love, I choose gratitude. And then I do my gratitude journal in the morning. Because when you start your day with an intention of your day being, is it going to be 100% of, you know, basically avoided what happened to you this morning? Possibly not. But if you start your day with that intention, I'm showing up in the world and the life is not happening to me. It's flowing through me. It's happening for me. It could have been that your dog may have left something for you to clean up in one area instead of all over the living room. Does that make sense? Or Mm -hmm. it could have been the same, but instead of you going into that, I don't have time for this kind of attitude. It's like, all right, let's take a deep breath. My dog is doing the best that he or she can. And I'm just gonna, there's going to be enough time because sometimes if you notice When you come to some things, to some situation with the positive attitude of there's going to be enough time, it feels like time stops. I know this sounds really weird, but it does. But then when we go with, and I've caught myself doing this too, there's not enough time in the day and your day goes by and you're like, I didn't accomplish anything. And then the days that you wake up and you go, there's going to be enough time for everything. And your day seems to be stretched out. It's still the same minutes, the same seconds, the same hours, but it just feels more productive, which is why sometimes we say today was such a productive day. You know why? Because we kept the positive attitude. We didn't complain. We didn't go into the, (laughs) why is this happening to me? (laughs) Yeah. So that's basically what it is really. So in the mornings and evenings, it is so important for us to start our day so that it takes us through the day of my intention for today is this, right? For the world to, I don't know, bring love to me or whatever, right? Peace or everything that I do may things flow effortlessly, whatever the intention is. And before bedtime, I always tell my clients, you know, go to bed with thinking about what blessings that I experienced today. Even if it's as small as I put a smile on a person's face or somebody smiled at me today, right? Even if it was the worst day ever and one little positive thing happened or I got three green lights as I was rushing to work, whatever it is, it's about really remembering that no matter how many negative things could happen, positive things happen too. But our ego has the tendency to grab onto the negative and dwell on that instead of, oh, what about all these positive things, right? That happened. So it's about beginning and ending your day in a positive note, because then you'll see from day to day, and it does take us 21 to 30 days. I always tell my clients, don't be doing it for two days and then go, oh, I didn't see a difference. I'm going to stop. No, you need to commit to yourself because guess what? It's harder for us to be negative than positive. We are positive beings. We are light beings. And so it is a lot harder, as they say, you use a lot more of, you know, muscles to frown than to smile. It's the same thing. We use a lot more of our energy to be negative than to be positive. We don't have to do much to be positive. We do a lot of work to be negative. That's why when I'm to constantly told by my client, oh, it's so hard. I'm like, no, it's not. No, it's not. And I'm the perfect person because I grew up with a lot of fear, a lot of negativity. If I could change it, anybody can change it. And I wouldn't have done this for 12 plus years if it didn't work. If people commit to their own healing, which I always say, we're only and only responsible for ourselves. No one else. We're responsible for our attitudes. We're responsible for ourselves. When we're better, people around us are better. As Can a you mother, say that one more time? Can you say yes. that one more time? <laughs> we're only and only responsible for ourselves. If we come to the world with positivity, the others around us will be positive as well. Even as, as a mother, you know, I'm always asked, how do you do it? Because I have two teenagers. I have a son and a daughter. And I'm like, how do I do what? And they're like, you have two teenagers. I'm like, and? Is that supposed to be a bad thing? It's a blessing because my children are amazing. Teenager does not matter. There's so many people that think, oh, teenagers are awful. No, they're not. 
And also it's the attitude, the energy that we bring, right? The other day, one of my clients, we were talking, she's like, oh my goodness, I, I need to catch myself because I caught her saying to one of her children, oh, she's my troubled child. I go, why? Why would you put that energy onto your child? And she was like, oh my God, I didn't realize what I'm doing. And so that kid constantly gives her trouble because she keeps reinforcing as the troubled child, right? We don't mm-hmm. have to do that. If we go in with a positive attitude, we will achieve a lot better results than if we go in negative. And am I saying 100% positive 100% of the time? No. What I am saying is the more that we practice, when we come across challenges, we're quicker to switch instead of getting trapped in it, dwelling on it, hours, days, weeks, months. So the difference between really the average person and people who are looked at as, oh, spiritually awake, aware, but you're so this, you're so that. No, the only difference is our choice. How long am I going to dwell in that negativity? Am I going to clean it up and move on and come to do this? Or am I going to say, Christine, I canceled this. I can't do this. This is too much for me. You see, you showed up. So that already Mm -hmm. tells me that, and you look beautiful and your makeup is on. I could have never told you to, I could never tell that you had to go through that. Exactly. You see, you showed up. Yeah, you could have and, just and, given you know, up and said, forget yeah. it. I'm not doing anything. I'm better at that. Sometimes I do. I, I like lost it. Cause I'm like, oh my goodness. But then yeah. my husband, he's like, and he helped me clean the mess yes. up. So that was helpful. <laughs> and then after that, I was good. And I was exactly. like, okay, I'm yes. back to my normal, yes. positive, happy self. And yeah. it, the day has been great yeah. since then. And then so put a doggy a diaper on your doggy. <laughs> or something. No, that's, we have talked about that. That's funny. You said that we're yes. talking about. That. Yes. yes. Okay. So do you, obviously you believe that the energy you put out there you get back. So if you put out positive energy, whether it's, you know, a a financial thing, a, you know, a helping thing, whatever it is that comes back to you. Do you believe that? Absolutely. 100%. It's the law of attraction. What you focus on, what you put your energy into you receive. Mm. So you can't plant lemons and expect avocados, right? Exactly. (laughs) I like that. That's a good analogy. But I started reading this book. And that's why I kind of brought that up because I I have been taking some of those certifications and some of the things that we'll talk about. Um, So and hypnotherapy was actually one of them. But um, there's just some of the other stuff, CBT, you know, NLP, those kind of things I've been kind of doing. And um, I'm merging into the whole meditation thing and breath work and those kind of things, because I know I need it. I'm very hesitant, you know, very, you know, pushback on it, but I'm realizing that that's what I need. But I, I, I was started reading this book and it's just what you said, the, what you attract, what you put out, you attract. And I think people don't really understand that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I know we've forgotten that we're powerful manifestors, what we put our energy into is what we're going to get. I am grateful, honestly, that on this planet, we have delay. Can you imagine with the ego creating what it creates, if there was no delay, there would be chaos, because people spend so much of their time in the toxicity and the fear and the lack and the worry. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I'm grateful mm. there's a delay that we can so fix it. much. We can see that yeah. right now. Oh my goodness. Yeah. It is just like yes. constant. I see it yeah. all over social media and, yeah. you know, personally, I would just probably need to just yeah. get off of it, but because yes. of what I do, Please. it's important, you know, to, to like, so yeah. I try to limit the negativity and stuff. Mm-hmm. I, just, I just can't, yeah. it's just yeah. too much. And I don't yeah. watch the news at good all. not even good. a little not even yes. a little I don't even watch local stations you know I, I'm, I just don't yeah. <laughs> it's like yes. I just can't anymore because it's never it. good news <laughs> no it's all about sensationalism and you know yeah. you just don't ever know what's the truth anyway pretty much in guarantee it's not the full truth anyway yeah. or whatever yeah yeah okay so I am I, I want you to kind of talk a little bit about what happens in a hypnotherapy session like mm-hmm. what is it exactly what do you do what do you say what what is the client doing you know what I mean like yeah I, I think people have it in their heads what it is yeah. you know uh, oh hypnosis they're on a stage yeah. and they're acting like a monkey or whatever you know yeah. tell me a no, little I mean I know that. what it is but tell me yeah. a little bit about wh- how you do it 
how, yeah. how do you approach it and right. what is required of your clients? I guess, like, what are yeah. they doing? Well, first there's no requirements. I always say expectations and attachments are of ego. So there's no requirements other than I, me asking my clients, what do you need support with? And majority of the time is the same It's the anxieties, depression, it's, it's panic, it's this, it's that with, you know, fears. So when my clients come in the first part of the session, of course, we dedicate to talking about what is happening. And I also don't just give my clients suggestions to take care of the symptoms they're experiencing right now, because they're sim- those symptoms are, have deeper roots. And so we d- dive deeper into from childhood to the present. And that's very important um, because if we don't dive into childhood, we're just putting band-aids over the problem. Right. So, and then second part of the session, of course, is the hypnotherapy part where I, my clients are in a beautiful recliner covered in a soft blanket with one-time use eye masks. And we go through the journey. So it's never about quacking like a ch- the chicken or barking <laughs> like a dog. None of that crazy stuff. In fact, my, the moment I recline my clients, they're like, oh my God, I'm loving this. This already feels so comfortable. I need to get one of these chairs. I'm like, you absolutely can. So then half an hour later, we do the hypnotherapy part and based on you know what my client told me. So basically during the session, with the, during the cognitive part of the session, what my client is telling me is, not working in their life. I basically shift it to what we need to do to for it to work. So it's basically shifting beliefs, perceptions into a positive. And then we reinforce that through the guided meditation, through hypnosis, because through the guided process, because our brain functions and works in a way of like, we're like little children internally. How do we learn anything? Even when we're babies, how do we learn? By taking things and putting them in our mouth, right? To see, okay, what does this taste like? What does it feel like? It's about our senses. It's a sensual experience. Through our senses, we're able to basically go into the subconscious through colors, through visions, through um, guidance, through that process. And then once we're in, once we do the progressive and the ego tires out and it basically goes into the back and relaxes, we're in the subconscious. And during that time, we're basically clearing what doesn't work and planting the seeds of what does cutting the cords and planting seeds. That's basically what we're doing together. And then half an hour later, when I bring my clients back to the present, first thing they say is, Oh, my God, that felt like five minutes, not 30. Because once we go within time and space does not exist. That's one of the ways that we know we're in hypnosis, because so many people think it hypnosis is like out of control state. Oh, my God, you're controlling my mind. Oh, my God, I'm out of control. Oh, my God, I'm asleep. I'm no, do my clients end up falling asleep? Yeah, absolutely. Sometimes it happens, but the change still happens. So there's, of course, the layers from beta, which is the logical ego, 12% mind that is yapping away the negatives and fear all the time, we would tap into alpha, which is the lightest level of hypnosis, and then go deeper into theta, which is the deeper where floating sensations can be experienced. And then more deep state is the delta, where a lot of times physical body can start healing if there's physical ailments. So that's the state where clients might feel like I was in, I was out. I don't remember what you said. Did I fall asleep? But when I count them out, just like that, they come out. And then beyond that, of course, if they fall asleep, that could be as well a possibility but the change still happens. Because the first thing when my clients come out is, oh my God, I feel so much lighter. The world feels brighter because it's kind of like we're clearing all that years and years of clutter that there's been. So that's basically what we do in hypnotherapy session. And then afterwards, I always tell my clients, don't go chasing after the changes. The changes are very subtle. Clients notice it, their loved ones notice it, friends notice it, coworkers notice it. They just feel like they, I always hear that, what have you done? It's like you're lighter. It's like you're happier. You're more peaceful. You're not irritated anymore. That's what it is. And then that just becomes the permanent as we go from session to session and build it up. It's kind of like every session we're climbing, climbing up the staircase. We're not stuck in one place. If I notice a client is having any type of resistance or feeling stuck anywhere, 
I bring in different tools. I bring in breath work. I bring in hip, um, and uh, like uh, EFT, emotional freedom technique. I bring in passive aggression therapy. It just depends where it is, but there's always movement. And that's why in such short period of time, we're able to achieve great healing. This is not like traditional therapy where five years, 10 years, we keep talking about the same things. It's short-term, quick, yet permanent because it is working with the hard drive, which is the subconscious. And I think that is so incredibly important. Um, I actually was hypnotized one time and it was really, it was for a hypnosis class um, with the Texas Rangers. And I worked for DPS at the time and I worked in personnel and they pulled me out um, just to be the guinea pig, I guess you'd say. And I got the Ranger who uh, basically caught Henry Lee Lucas. I don't know if you remember who he is, a serial killer, but um, he hypnotized me. And it was really different than what you would think because, you know, you see on TV, like we talked about the barking dog, whatever, but I felt like I was never, I felt very calm, but I never felt, I I would have told you, no, I wasn't. No, I wasn't. No, I was completely, fully aware of absolutely everything. And And that's uh, what it is because it's a hyper alert, awake state of mind. It's not an out of control. In fact, you gain control of your life, not lose control. Yeah, I could, I could understand that. And now since I did have that little bit of experience, I think it's very cool. Okay. So what kind of people or situations do you feel that somebody should seek out a hypnotherapist? Like what kind of symptoms or whatever you would notice Mm -hmm. a certain person when you would go, you know, you could probably use some hypnotherapy. Yeah, it's, a, it's mostly any emotion that kind of drags you down and pulls you down. It can be depression, it can be anxiety, it can be panic, it can be stress, it can be fears, it can be lack, it can be blocks. A lot of clients of mine feel they're blocked, they're like stuck in a rut. Mm-hmm. That's what I hear a lot of the times. I feel like I'm in a rut. So it's anything and everything that on a daily basis we feel is not feeling like flow. It's out of the ordinary. It's like you're constantly fighting yourself. And it's, that means there's something in your subconscious that is not resonating with your inner truth. What about addictions and uh, eating disorders and Mm -hmm. other diet related issues? Yeah. Smoking, but uh, I don't bring those up often because I always tell my clients, you heal the emotions, you heal the problem. That's where it's rooted. It's not rooted. The addiction is not the problem. The weight is not the problem. It's the emotion. It's the stories. It's the memories. It's the not feeling good enough, not feeling worthy, having guilt, having shame, having anger, having unforgiveness. That's what's causing the problem. And it relates to, okay, I'm going to protect myself. If I was, let's say, sexually abused, I'm going to gain weight and I'm going to protect myself. That's what it is. You heal that part of it, the weight starts to melt away. That's why I don't even really mention it because that's not my focus. I always tell my clients, we're not focusing on the problem here. We're focusing on healing your emotions, the solution that gets you this problem solved. And that is so so true. Like with, with physical things too, you know, like say you have fibromyalgia. Okay. Well, yeah, you can throw pain pills at it, but you're not getting to the root of the issue. And until that root uh, is addressed, then you're not curing anything. You're just masking what's going on. And that's the same thing. And that's what I think it's the beauty of it is, is getting down and digging deep. And I, I do this so much with, with my clients dealing in the health realm. Mm -hmm. It is so incredibly important. And so, yeah, I think that's beautiful. Okay. Let's get a little bit into NLP. What is it and how do you use it? Just briefly, we won't get too in depth with that. So NLP is basically neuro-linguistic programming that we're able to make changes. I use a lot of NLP in my hypnotherapy. So the tools and techniques that can be used by just, you know, journaling what is happening and what caused it kind of 
finding the root of it. I basically do it in my sessions and it flows so effortlessly. I always tell my clients, we don't have to call it this or that. It's just a combination of many tools coming together. So basically finding like the root of the problem and then using specific tools and processes. Like let's say in the past, um, there's some events that we want to kind of um, pull the plug on, right? Timeline therapy. That's an NLP technique. So that I just combine it in the hypnotherapy. I do timeline therapy and hypnosis through hypnosis. And we just take the person through the, the, through the journey of finding, you know, those roots of where the problem is and kind of unplugging them one by one and removing those like editing, basically the timeline of your life. So that when you come to the present, that past no longer zaps you constantly. So you can really start living your present and move into your future. So, so I combine it with hypnotherapy okay. a lot. Okay. And I'll so, see, yeah. so a person doesn't like, is there one time where one is better than the other hypnotherapy is better than NLP or like you said, is it pretty much used in combination yes. with, I use okay. it in combination because they're wonderful tools. Like NLP can be done without hypnosis, but I love combining it in hypnosis because it just makes it so much more powerful. Yeah. I, the NLP class that I took the certification, they use hypnotherapy within that as well. So it exactly. is what they just I'm go seeing. So well together. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. That's what I'm seeing. It is kind of like yeah. a combination thing. Yeah. So I think yeah. that's very cool. Okay. What is EFT? Briefly emotional freedom that. technique. So emotional freedom technique is kind of like an acupuncture without needles. So you're basically tapping on certain meridians where emotions are trapped. And once you tap on that meridian, you open the energy. And as you speak about it, you say affirmations. I even, I now call my EFT sessions intuitive tapping because I have my clients close their eyes. And while they're tapping in that center, and I'm asking them many, many questions because I want us to get to the root of it. And my EFT sessions take a good hour why? Because at each point, and then I go through each point, and while my client is intuitively speaking about it, then I tell them, well, this meridian holds fear and anxiety or blah, 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 or whatever. And they're amazed because they were talking about stories, memories from their past or present that have caused frustration and fear or this or that. And it never fails because we're intuitive beings. And that also not only that the healing happens because the meridians open, the emotion is released. And then we end up loving and accepting ourselves, no matter what are, happened. My clients also gain the self-trust that, oh, wait a minute, I am an intuitive being because how did I know here is, let's say the fear or here is anxiety or here is, you know, you know, stories from my childhood, whatever it is. Right. So they also gain that self-trust of, oh, I am an intuitive being. Oh, I am connected because everybody fears being disconnected or they're not as intuitive as others. Or when my clients say, oh, my God, you're so intuitive. I'm like, so are you. Oh, my God, you're so enlightened. So are you. We all are. It's just how much of that energy do we tap into and how much do we trust? Mm. Let me tell you, when I first started this journey, I used to get into my recliner to meditate and I used to hit myself in the forehead in my third eye going, open, it was always open, I was not trusting it. <laughs> and now that I trust it, I have love and respect for it. <laughs> nice. Exactly. Now I'm kind to it. <laughs> yeah, the whole tapping, I, I'm assuming that's what this is, is what you see in mainstream is tapping. Yes. Um, mm -hmm. is, that's yep. really EFT. seems to be, you know, taking yeah. off. And yes. I actually do have a certification for that. Uh, I, I haven't finished it. Um, I'm just delving into that because I'm like, like trying different things yeah. and checking it out. And that's yeah. my next thing. I just haven't, you know, finished that. But I think it's fascinating yeah. all these different things that you yeah. can try. And yeah. it's just really taking you back to where you were meant to be to begin with, you know, exactly. before yeah. society got all crazy. Yes. And so yeah. much stress and, you know, you're not allowed to talk about certain things and you have to, you know, and uh, it just Filter. gets all crazy. Yeah, yeah. It just gets all crazy. And so, yeah, yeah, no wonder we're in the place we are. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's talk about breath work now. 
That's another thing that I think is so incredibly important. Yes. So the breath work that I do is not just breathing deeply in and out, which is a wonderful tool. And I always, always remind my clients, the reason why we're in so much trouble as a society, as a world is because none of us is breathing right. Unless even in a yoga, right? You do a pose and then your instructor reminds you breathe and you're like, because <gasps> you weren't breathing because you were so focused on that pose. So we forget to breathe when we're stressed. We don't breathe, which is why more people turn to smoking. Why? Because it's the, <sighs> it forces us to take deep breaths, which then gets oxygen to the brain so that the brain is not freaking out all the time. But most of the time people don't breathe right. Or if they're breathing, they're breathing through their chest up and down, which is not good, which is why there's so much anxiety. We're supposed to be breathing through our abdomen like babies do in and out, in and out. So the breath work that I do is a pranayama breath work. It's basically um, like a euphoric psychedelic experience without the psychedelics. That's what it is. And what it gives us basically through the breath work, you're opening all your channels. Energy is aligned. Chakras are aligned. Left brain, right brain is aligned. Body is kind of like a cleansing, flushing out toxins mentally, emotionally, spiritually, physically. And then when we go to the rest period is where the magic happens is where, and while my clients, of course, are doing breath work, I'm doing energy healing. So again, I combine, I love combining the tools and techniques because it just, I, I, wholeheartedly believe mind, body, and soul work. You cannot do one without the other. You can't just do feed one. You can't just work out five hours a day and expect your mental, emotional, and physical health to be well. No, it's going to be probably physical, but everything else is suffering. Or if you're eating extremely healthy, but you're not exercising and you're not doing any you know, um, spiritual work. All three have to go together. And that's why I combine the tools together because it gives us mind, body, and soul work instead of just one. So while my clients are doing the breath work, I do energy healing. I do sound bath. I do aromatherapy. I do crystal healing while um, that is happening. And then during the rest period is when my clients have, oh my goodness, there's just unlimited things I could say about breath work. Um, Astro travel can happen. Um, guides can come through and my clients can experience guides. I call on beings of light to be there during our healing session. Oftentimes my clients go, okay, it would be impossible. I felt you on top of my head, but I also felt at the same time at my feet, there's no way your arms are not that long. How did that happen? I felt somebody holding my hand. Did you hold my hand? Sometimes when I do energy healing, my clients would feel like a hand is holding them, but I don't physically hold my client's hands. I just do the energy healing from a little bit above, especially now with COVID. I'm respectful. Whoops. <laughs> I'm respectful of, you know, the, the everybody's kind of position and what they're comfortable with. I always ask my clients, are you comfortable if I physically touch you or not? 99.9% of the time my clients are because they see I always sanitize my space. I wash my hands always. But at the same time, I ask what they're comfortable with. But at the same time, while that is happening, I've had clients that felt like, oh, my God, I just spoke with God. God was talking to me. My guides were talking to me. My um, one of my clients recently, he's an attorney. And so he's not at all from that world. And his mother, who has been deceased for many years, came through and he started crying. And he said, I always thought that I was a troublemaker. That's what my mom would not show up for me. But in this session, his mom showed up and she said, I'm always with you and I'm always taking care of you. Yeah. And so it was just, be it's always so beautiful afterward. I'm fascinated. And oftentimes I get messages from my clients. So I write those messages down. And then when they come out, we talk about it. So there's so many different things that happen during the session that it's, it's, too, time is too limited for me to be able to fit it all in, but it is a beautiful process and it does open channels and it does clear the energy. It does raise the vibration. It's just transformational. 
I love that. And I 100% believe in that. As we discussed earlier, I'm really not one of these meditation, yoga, you know, calm, relaxed person, you know, because I'm like, ah, I got to get stuff done. There's not enough hours in the day as it is. Ah, you know, I don't have time for this. But I I, I do 100% believe in that because yeah. I've experienced and have seen enough yes. to, exactly. to absolutely believe yeah. in, in that. I know some people are like, yeah, okay, right. But, yeah. uh, it, it, but it no, is, now it's studies are being done in in universities to see why is it that a a basic person's breath can take them into a euphoric place Uh, why is it that it can transform a person's life why is it that can it can heal you know anxiety and stress why because we have all the tools within that's why (laughs) that's the beautiful thing it's just people don't know how to tap into that they they don't understand that's why we have the ability (laughs) there you go I like that. We're here okay, to let, remind just, them of that. Oh, darn it all. Okay. Um, we're, we're close to time. Cause I know you got to go, yes. but just real quick before you go talk a little bit about your book. Yes. So I, uh, my first book living through choice is basically the beginning of a journey. Um, anybody that is feeling lost, anybody that feels like, what do I do next? That book is a wonderful tool for people to recognize that I am not alone. My stories in there, other clients' stories are in there to remind you that you are not alone on this journey. There's always help, there's support, there's tools, there's techniques, there's the modalities that I discuss of what can help. And then now I'm on my second book that I will not talk about yet, but that is the Ooh. next phase of our transformation as when we start and then as we're in that space of already, okay, I've done my healing how far now can I go? Because in all reality, it's never done. I always tell my clients, this is a like, not even a lifetime. This is an eternal journey. There is no end. There's no beginning. There's just this flow of us growing continuously until we become that essence, that light that we are. And so whatever lessons we need to learn, whatever things that we need to remember, whether in the, on this planet and this realm within this bodies or other planets, we're here to do that. And so it's let the journey continue, right? It's not the destination because everybody's thinking about the destination, but it's not about the destination. It's about the journey. And that's what life is. That is a journey. That's with health too. Uh, yeah. you're never done with your health. Never. Exactly. It, it's ever evolving. It's changing. Absolutely. It's, it's you know, in, until, you, you know, until you die, yeah. Yeah. it's still a journey, you know, right. and right. people need, you know, relax and yes. just go with exactly. the journey just and not worry about the ending exactly. or the limit or the, you know, exactly. specific day right. you have to have this done or whatever. Yeah. It's a journey. Yeah. So yeah. it's a, it's a, it's a beautiful exactly. thing. Once you just kind of let that go and Absolutely. just understand it's like, cause we cannot put time and space on this. It's not timed and there's no space. It's just endless. (laughs) (laughs) That's for sure. Well, Christine, it has been a pleasure talking with you. Thank Thank you you so much for coming on. And hey, y'all, subscribe to my channel and go follow Christine. And I'll have all her information below, including a link to her book. So no worries. And again, Christine, thank you so much. Thank you, my love. Thank you for having me. Have a wonderful day. You too. Bye. Bye.